Good morning. The uh, text during this epiphany season comes from the second chapter of Matthew, beginning with the first verse. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. And they asked, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, quote, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people, Israel, unquote. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you found him, report to me so that I too may go and honor him. And when they heard the king, they went and they looked. Then the star had, they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and they saw the child with Mary, his mother. So falling to their knees, they honored him. Then they opened their treasure chests and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. The word of the Lord. never preached on this passage before, but my children love it. This week is the week of Epiphany in the Christian context, and I looked up the word Epiphany in the Urban Dictionary, which is a little bit different than a regular dictionary, and this was a definition that I found. Number one, when you're really stoned and you realize something. Number two, an epiphany is a sudden realization or comprehension of the larger essence or meaning of something. And here it is, used in a sentence. Whoa, I've had an epiphany. Elton John's not in the Beatles. So epiphany means understanding, clarity, a feeling of sudden or striking realization. And you can call it, as Oprah called it, an aha moment after a time of wondering. So there are some plot holes in today's text. It's a really beautiful story about wise people on a journey towards something or someone significant. We don't know anything about these magi or these so-called wise men. Where did they actually come from? What were their names? Were they actually all men? I mean, I know in picture books and nativity sets, we talk about these three men, but it never says three men in the text. It mentions three types of gifts, frankincense, gold, myrrh. The story of the Magi is actually only found in the Gospel of Matthew. These wise people, or Magi in the Greek, 
actually originated from the land of Persia. And they were followers, followers of Zoroastrianism, a belief system that is actually a precursor to Islam. Many translations refer to them as wise men, but it is doubtful that there were only men in this group because caravans from Persia often included women practitioners of this religion as well. So tradition and images have inundated our society, and many of us think that the Magi were arriving at the stable just after Jesus is born. However, a more accurate timeline would show us that it's actually some time later after Jesus' birth, and he's now closer to two or three years of age during the reign of King Herod at the end of his reign. The Magi are studiers and believers in signs, and they sought after a baby that would show them life as drastically different going forward. Now, I've shared with you before that I have never grown up in the church, and in my early 20s, I began to search what I believed about God. This was a wondering that led me to my aha moment. It was actually during a communion service at a camp. I had spent a week up in Big Bear with a Christian group, and if I'm honest, I was only there because it sounded like a lot of fun. I was wondering, I was wondering about this group, what they were about, I wondered what they thought about God, and I wondered who I was. But it wasn't until the pastor began to explain something that I had wondered about for a long time, this idea of communion, of being a community, and the fact that God's table is open to everyone, that I actually felt like I was part of the group. It was my epiphany moment. So I love the story of the Magi. It is a story of individuals, a community using their own religious knowledge and beliefs to seek and encounter the divine. A caravan that set out in pursuit of a star. And I wonder, how easy it would have been to locate just a singular star in the heavens in a particular time and then use it to navigate. Isn't that amazing? I took a careful wondering for these folks to be able to find their way. They had been studying its meaning throughout their own lens, studying the symbols and signs, and then they realized that a journey was needed. And the text tells us that once they get close to their destination, they decide to go see Herod. They do what you would do if a newborn king is born. They go visit the reigning king, for surely he already knows about the new king and will know what to do and where to go. So they go to Jerusalem. This moment is so telling for me. I do this when I'm headed to a new destination. I'm wondering if I'm going the right way. I think it's funny because the entire time they've been following this star and now all of a sudden they question themselves and the direction that they have taken. It's like when you look at your Google Maps and you say, obviously it's telling me to go to Bethlehem, but I know better, right? I'm gonna take the 405 and get to Jerusalem my own way. They're wondering, wondering if they're on the right path. They think that the newborn king is gonna be residing in the place of kings when in fact, this king is different. This king is a new king, an unexpected king, a shocking king, and a king that should not be a king. They had gone to where the human center of power was, 
But that is not where Jesus was. Because sometimes God is not where we expect to find God. Following God is scary sometimes. And it feels like we've gone off the map. The Magi find themselves in Herod's court and they declare that they're looking for a newborn king because they've come to pay him homage. Not Herod. Poor Herod. He thinks all the gold and the frankincense is worth for him. How embarrassing. It's not. All of a sudden, Herod finds himself on the outside looking in. And he's not the most important thing in the room, nor is he on everyone's radar anymore. He is not the center of the universe, and he responds with, well, jealousy, maliciousness, and violence. And he wonders where he stands. And you know what? I don't blame him. Have you ever done this? When someone comes new on the scene, maybe they've hit the playground and you don't know who they are at school, at work, in your department, and you wonder, what's so special about them? It's human nature to compare ourselves, to wonder and to question. But I think it's this place in the text that I want to ponder for a minute because it exposes a question, or at least it exposed a question in me this time I read it. How do you keep yourself from being the center of your own universe? Epiphany exposes. It's a season of one that exposes and brings to light. The Magi's purpose is to expose, to shine a light on things that regular people don't already see. And we see it in today's story, and they experience an epiphany of their own. I don't think that they would have successfully found Jesus as a group if they had not collectively decided to utilize each and every one of their differences for the cause. The Magi are foreigners in this land. They might or might not have grown up together. They might or might not have just met each other on this trip. They might or might not have become from different kingdoms. They are different culturally and they are different religiously. They are off the map. They have their own way of discerning God and they use their lens to expose the amazing not only to themselves, but to those around them. They use their differences as a point of connection and connect in search for meaning. Yesterday, I attended the Interfaith Lunch, hosted by Mission and Identity. This is a group that meets periodically on this campus, and you should all join, because it's super fun. Shout out to Chaley and Melissa. To discuss interfaith topics. And at the moment, we're going through a book. It is Barbara Brown Taylor's Holy Envy, Finding God in the Faith of Others. And I want to read a quote from her book. For reasons no one may ever understand, God decided it would be helpful for people to be different instead of the same, if only because it would slow them down a little bit. God decided it would be good for them to stop on a regular basis and say, could you say that in a different way, please? I don't understand what you mean. Or can you show me with your hands? God decided it would be good for them to stop taking their communication for granted and work a little harder trying to understand each other. When I read this quote, I immediately thought of Cal Lutheran. I love CLU. 
I love that on this campus is represented various religious and cultural perspectives. It is one of the main reasons that I decided to take a call as pastor here. Yet sometimes, I think that we tend to forget the gift of being among those who hold differences. In forgetting the divinity of our differences, we actually limit God. We limit wisdom. So how do you keep yourself from being the center of your own universe? By embracing and appreciating difference. By listening to our neighbors. So how do we listen to our neighbors? We have been made in the image of God. Each one of us has God in us. Each of us are of God, of Allah, of Yahweh. All the words meaning God. And when we see the differences in others as God-inspired, we're often filled with feelings of love and admiration. But what about when the differences we see invoke anger or confusion? Aren't those differences also of God? What is it going to take in order for us to set down our expectations and our visions of what God might look and sound and act like to receive the divine that is right in front of us. When we realize the differences that make us uncomfortable are just as holy as the ones that comfort us, that's when we realize it. Hey, I'm not the center of the universe. And God is revealed in a new way a way that we did not and will not ever expect, illuminated, just like the star that Bethlehem shone. Amen. Oh. Illuminated. You thought I was done, but I'm not. <laughs> now that's a really good word. It means to brighten or to make clear. In other words, making seen what is unseen. And every year for Epiphany, or El Dia de los Reyes, where we remember the gifts of the Magi, I distribute what's called Star Words. Not Star Wars, but Star Words. This morning, there are stars. These are gifts for you. These are words that are meant to guide you through the year. You can reflect on it as often as you like. I've already pulled mine, and I'll tell you what it is later. You're encouraged to come up and take one home with you or hang it up where you can see it every day or use it as a bookmark for later, like throw it in a book. Sometimes I do that. I've known folks who've placed it on their bathroom mirrors or on their computer screens. Some people keep their gifts from year to year and they actually accumulate a virtual constellation of wise words and encouragement displayed as a reminder of God's presence in our lives. So we're going to take a moment to quietly come forward and reflect, to wonder both with yourself and with your neighbor what might be illuminated in you this coming year. Amen. I'm going to have a lot of work. Mine is humility. <laughs> I, think, I think we better pray. <laughs> uh, 
Let us pray. On Epiphany Day, we are still people walking, still people in the dark, and the darkness looms large around us, beset as we are by fear, anxiety, brutality, violence, loss, a dozen alienations that we cannot manage. But we are, we could be, people of your light, O Lord. So we pray for the light of your glorious presence as we await for your appearing. We pray for the light of your wondrous grace as we exhaust our coping capacity. We pray for your gift of newness that will override our weariness. We pray that we may see, know, and hear, and trust in your good rule. That we may have energy, courage, and freedom to enact your will through the demands of this day. We submit our day to you, to your rule, with deep joy and high hope. 